Hi, my fellow educators. Welcome to the Teacher's Impact Podcast. My name is Shani Marie Ogilvy, Certified Educator, and I am your host. If you are a teacher that wants to share or hear the opinions, experiences of other teachers, looking for innovative ideas for your classroom, learn how to apply research-based practices in your classroom, feel like your voice is not being heard because decisions are being made by people who haven't been in a classroom, then this podcast is for you. I have been in education for over 10 years and I've served in many different roles. I've been a classroom teacher, instructional coach, supervisor, and curriculum fellow. But in the end, my experience and passion for student achievement is what drives me. My hope is that we're able to share our expertise and knowledge, which helps us to learn and grow through these weekly episodes. This is episode 18 of the Teacher's Impact Podcast, and this is part two of How to Master Your Craft. If you have gotten to the point where you want to get better as a teacher, but just don't know how, then this episode is for you. If you haven't checked out part one, go and make sure you do that. I decided to do a part two of this episode because I wanted to make sure that you were able to really improve your craft as a teacher. To improve, make sure to get your free guide to mastering your craft as a teacher. Go and click the link in the show notes or visit teachersimpact.net. The first tip is that you should use your data to help your students grow academically. There are two types of data, qualitative data, such as student writing, teacher observations, stories, case studies, student conversations. The second type of data is quantitative data, which includes test scores, quizzes. I want you to think of this one, hard data, numbers, charts, graphs, quantitative data. And this is important because it will give you a holistic picture of how your students are doing. The second tip is to differentiate your instruction. My definition of differentiation is that you're meeting the needs of all your students. Differentiation is not students working in small groups doing the exact same thing. There are three ways you can differentiate. You can differentiate your content, your process, or your product. I will do a deep dive on creation, so stay on the lookout. One simple way is to differentiate the students and product based on their grade level performance, which means whether or not they're performing at, above, or below grade level. For example, You could be doing a writing assignment with students, but you want to differentiate that writing assignment based on students performing at, above, or below grade level. So you're differentiating the end product, the writing assignment, based on students performing at, above, or below grade level. And this is helpful because you'll be able to help all the students in your classroom. And not only that, you're moving all your students from one level to another in a step-by-step process. You're meeting them where they are and moving them where you want them to be. 
The third tip is to take advantage of leadership opportunities within your school, no matter how small you think it is. It was my fourth year of teaching. My principal asked me to be a grade level facilitator for my grade level. I didn't think I was ready and I was wondering why she chose or asked me. But you know what? Despite my doubts, I said yes. I immediately started learning and researching how to be a grade level facilitator. It was hard to juggle while teaching in the classroom, but it helped me to develop my leadership and team building skills. These leadership and team building skills were then transferred to my classroom and students once they became internalized. So for you, I want you to know that once you take on a leadership opportunity, the skills that you learn from that leadership opportunity can be transferred into your classroom with your students. The next thing is that this one leadership opportunity led me to many more opportunities in the years to come. It is one of those opportunities that I'm very happy and grateful that I said yes to. I felt empowered to do more innovative things in my classroom. For example, I incorporated more project-based learning compared to as before, where I wasn't incorporating new and innovative ideas. So taking on leadership opportunities is a good thing and it's something that I want you to do because I know that it will help you. Number four is to find the mentor expertise that you need to work on. I was talking to my dear friend Cecilia a while back and she said something that has stayed with me for years. She said, I have mentors and they don't even know they're my mentor. When she said it, I laughed, but it's a really profound statement. In other words, you can always learn from someone without them being an official mentor. Some, and sometimes it can get awkward to ask someone to be your mentor. And if you're an introvert like me, this is a great strategy. If you're learning from someone who's already where you want to be, then you can consider them a mentor. Tip number five, use evidence-based practices. Evidence-based practices are teaching practices that have been validated by research. You can save yourself of time by using practices that you know will work with your students. You will have time to learn the strategies or techniques, but once you do implement them with fidelity, you will get the results with your students. And I've seen this firsthand. If your school has a highly rated curriculum by N-Reports, then these practices are already built into your curriculum. You can find evidence-based strategies on websites such as readingrockets.org and Intervention Central and Achieve the Core. Evidence-based practices are the key, one of the keys to mastering your craft. You need to use these strategies because they will definitely get you results and they will definitely save you time. These are the key takeaways from this episode. Number one, use data to help your students grow academically. Number two, differentiate instruction. Number three, take advantage of leader opportunities no matter how small. Number four, find a mentor in an area you need to improve in. 
Number five, use the evidence-based practices in your teaching. And before we go, I wanted to give you a plan of action. I want you to choose one of the above takeaways that you're going to be working on. If you're having a hard time choosing, then I would suggest learning how to differentiate your instruction. And if classroom management is an issue for you, I will start in that area. I have a few episodes that you can listen to that will help you with classroom management because we need to make sure that we can manage our classrooms before we do anything else. Yes, they can work simultaneously, but I want you to work on your classroom management and differentiate your instruction based on your teaching level. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you found this content helpful, valuable, please share, favorite, and rate on your favorite podcast app. If you found it valuable anyway, it it would so help the community to grow. So please share it. You can email me at teachersimpacteducation at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram where I even give you more tips at Shani Marie O, Twitter at Shani Marie O. Happy learning and growing.